Hello, Bulls Nation. Welcome to another episode of the Rebuildable Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Gentile, and just like many of you in Bulls Nation, I'm in a holding pattern because there's not really much going on anymore in the league. Season's been wrapped up for a couple weeks now, and we're waiting to get to the offseason activity. Of course, the draft is not scheduled till November 18th, and then we're going to have a lot of offseason activity probably around the holidays. But right now, we're just waiting, and it's weird. I mean, we all know this is an unprecedented time. You know, 2020 is, it's the year of unprecedented circumstances. But it is strange that right now we sit here at the end of October and there's no basketball being played. No preseason basketball, no regular season games lining up, nothing. We're just, we're waiting. We're waiting for the draft to happen in November. Right before Thanksgiving, we're going to have the NBA draft. It's so crazy to even say that. It's crazy to think about, but here we are. And it's a big offseason for the Chicago Bulls. We know that. New front office is in place. You have a new head coach in place in Billy Donovan. And now it's time to get the roster set for the 2021 season, which could be a pivotal season for the Chicago Bulls. Because you have a young core of players that you want to see develop. And you want to know what direction this is going to go in. Because that 2021 offseason that I've talked about in previous episodes of this podcast, it's going to be one that you, you want to be primed and ready for. You know, you want to know if you're going to be players in it or if you're going to have to use it to hit a bit of a soft reset. So are you going to be competing for the big fish or do you need to take a step back and reevaluate things in the 2021 offseason? So why am I doing an episode right now if we're in a bit of a holding pattern? We're, we're not going to get to talking about the draft until maybe a week or so from now. But there's some speculation about what could happen this offseason. One of the things I really like about this front office, they definitely play things close to the vest. You know, the, the firing of Jim Boylan came after we got reports that there was a chance they could keep him. And then they let him go, and they had sound reasoning and and plan as to why they were doing that. And then the hiring of Billy Donovan took many of us by surprise. And we had heard about all these hot assistants, but we really didn't hear anything about them beginning a pursuit of Billy Donovan. Because really, this front office does what good front offices do. They keep things tight-lipped, under wraps. And that's great. But we, we do still have some speculation, and, and I think there's a lot of questions being asked. And there were two really interesting stories that came out uh, via NBC Sports Chicago. And the first one I want to get to from their national writer, the NBC Sports national writer, Tom Haberstroh, uh, he appeared on the Bulls Talk podcast, and he was talking with Casey Johnson about a week ago regarding you know, what the Bulls' plans could be going into the NBA draft. And one thing that he brought up was the possibility that Arturis Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley are looking to move up, putting a package together with the number four pick and a player to move up to number one to get Minnesota's pick or number two to get Golden State's pick. And that he really is anticipating a splash from that front office. And I think the question's been raised on Bulls Twitter on different podcasts, on this podcast too. Well, two questions really. Should the Bulls move up in this draft to get one of the better players available, mainly LaMelo Ball? And the other question is, do do they have enough ammo to move up? 
So the Bulls have the number four pick. And they could essentially package that with a player to move up to one or two. What would that take? Who would the player be? And this kind of parlays into another story that was written by Casey Johnson of NBC Sports Chicago. Earlier this week, he put out a story really listing which Bulls players are likely to leave heading into next year. And it was really interesting. It was a listicle. And it's something, you know, it's it's really interesting to see Casey Johnson doing these types of pieces because Casey, um, I've mentioned this before, he's a reporter through and through. You know, he's not one to speculate a lot. He's not one to write columns or opinion without a little bit of fact based into it. And so it's really interesting to see him do these types of pieces because I think there's good research behind it and good understanding of what's going on uh, behind the scenes that would give him a reason to put something like this out. You know, and, and again, I, I know his style of writing has to change. You know, he's going from a place like the Chicago Tribune to NBC Sports Chicago's blog, which, you know, is more open and, and apt to these kind of pieces of creating more discussion within the fan base. So it's a little different. But I still find it interesting that of how Casey ranked these. So he ranks it 1 to 15, with 1 being the most likely to leave and 15 being the least likely. And you would not be surprised who's least likely. He has number 15 as Otto Porter Jr. because, of course, the contract and the injury history could be tough to move him. Uh, then 14, of course, Cristiano Felicio. Obvious reasons there because of the contract. And some of the least likelies after that, Kobe White, Wendell Carter Jr. Um, but what was very telling to me was when he was talking about the most likelies to leave. You know, number one, Shaq Harrison. That That's pretty obvious. Thad Young, he put as number two. Desirable contract, veteran. There could be some pieces you can get from him. If you get to number seven, and this, I think, spurred a lot of discussion on Bulls Twitter, was Zach Levine. Zach Levine being number seven, I think, for some Bulls fans, was a little interesting to see because Zach Levine has a favorable contract. We know that. He's making $19, $20 million a year. That's nothing in this league for the production you get out of Zach Levine. And we know Zach Levine is a, a player that's on the fringe of being an all-star, right? This is a guy that averages almost 25 points a game. He's found ways to consistently improve each season. We've brought that up on this podcast. But Casey has him at number seven, right in that, that middle spot, as somebody that could be traded. And the reason he writes, quote, the team's best player and leading scorer is on a value contract that makes him either a building block or plus trade asset for the new regime. Why does it feel like he may not be Arturis Karnaschovas' answer for a lead player on a championship contending team? End quote. And that's a, a very interesting question to raise. Is I feel like it's a question that we've raised on this podcast before, and it's a point that's been brought up plenty of times about Zach Levine. Is he a cornerstone on a championship contending team, or is he a stepping stone to build a championship contending team? Meaning, do you have to eventually move him to get yourself closer to a championship contending team? That's... That's like the million-dollar question, and I find myself towing the line a lot on what Zach Levine is to the Chicago Bulls. Because like I said, he has been consistently improving every year. 
especially on the offensive side. We know what he can do. He still has defensive deficiencies, and that's what worries me a little bit. You know, I'm not sure if he's somebody that you could rely on to be your number one if he can't lock somebody down. And I think that's what makes me hesitant to even say he's a number two on a championship contending team. You know, certain players in the NBA, really valuable players in the league, top-tier all-stars in the league, they will you into the playoffs. And that's something that I do worry about with Zach because I get that Zach is not surrounded by the most apt talent that could take you into the playoffs. I get that. But we have seen in the past that really good star caliber players can will you to perform better than the sum of your parts. And look, last year, you know it. You've heard, if you've listened to this podcast, if this is your first foray, this is new to you. But if you've listened to this podcast, you know how I feel. That Jim Boylan was a big reason you ended up with 22 wins last year. And you didn't get the most out of this roster. Because I do think there's some talented young pieces on this roster. I think there's some good complementary pieces on this roster. But Jim Boylan didn't bring all the parts together. And I think that's a big reason you didn't do well last year. But I also don't think that Zach Levine necessarily was going to will you into the postseason on his own. And there are players that can do that. There are players that can do that. I think Luka Doncic, to a degree, did that in, in Dallas. Are some of the pieces around him better in Dallas? Yes, but I don't think they're, they're head and shoulders better. You know, I think back to here in Chicago. Think back to Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose's rookie year, you knew immediately that was a person that could raise the level of play of everybody on the roster. I don't know if Zach has that. I think Zach is a piece, a really good piece, a great contributor. But does he raise all boats <laughs> to steal a, if you're a Chicago Bears fan, to steal a John Fox line? Does he raise all boats? Does he take everybody else's level of play up with him? That I don't know yet. I haven't seen that consistently since he's been a Chicago Bull. I don't know that. I haven't seen everybody else's level of play get raised up with him. And that's key. That's key to knowing what you know how important he is to this, this roster. And I guess the question then begs, if you go to what Tom Habistro is saying, that Karnaschovas and Eversley might be itching to make an impact in this draft, and they want to move up to number one or number two. And let's say they want to get LaMelo Ball. Let's use LaMelo Ball as the example. How do you feel, Bulls Nation, if Zach Levine is the piece that goes with the number four pick to be traded for the number one or number two pick, and you're getting LaMelo Ball in return and you know whatever veterans you need to kind of balance out the salary, I, I don't know what it would take to come back in, in return, but let's say they're not the big piece of that picture. Are you okay with the starting lineup of the Chicago Bulls that features LaMelo Ball, Kobe White maybe at the two guard, and Otto Porter, Laurie Markkinen, Wendell Carter? I guess this is where it depends. Do you think LaMelo Ball has a higher ceiling than Zach Levine? Is LaMelo Ball that kind of player that can raise all boats and bring you closer to being a playoff contender and closer to being a championship contending team? than Zach Levine does. That's the question you have to ask yourself. It's a very difficult one, I think, to answer. Because we don't know some of uh, what Zach Levine's full potential can be. 
I think that's what makes it difficult. Now, I do trust Karnaschovas and Eversley to evaluate accordingly. I'm giving them that benefit of the doubt. If that's how they feel, if they feel LaMelo Ball offers more to this team than Zach Levine, I give them the benefit of the doubt if they want to make that move. But I would be curious to see with the Bulls at number four, if they take the best player available or they trade up and they don't have to trade away Zach Levine. I would be more curious to see what this would look like with him included. So if you get LaMelo Ball and Zach Levine's part of it, I'd like to see that. I would like to see what Zach Levine's ceiling can be with a really good coach, the rest of the core playing up to their potential, and a high draft pick coming in here. I would love to see that. I would really love to see that. Because honestly, I think that's your best case scenario. I mentioned the 2021 offseason being a crucial offseason, and we know why. I've brought it up many times, and I know some of you probably keep rolling your eyes when I bring it up. That's an offseason with major free agents in it. Some of the best stars in the NBA are going to be available. And if you're the Chicago Bulls, you would love to see this young core play up to their potential and your your young draft pick that you get play up to its potential in 2021. Because now you're giving yourself a realistic shot to go for a free agent and add him to the mix. And to me, that's the best case scenario if I have Zach Levine in the picture with that draft pick. But I just found this very interesting about this notion of what do you do with somebody like Zach Levine? It's something I struggle with a lot. I'm actually curious, you know, Bulls Nation, if you if you got this episode while you're on Twitter, I, I'm curious. Let me know what you think. I, I'm because I'm conflicted. I'm not sure what's the right move to do. If, if, if getting LaMelo Ball at number one meant trading Zach Levine and ensuring yourself the number one overall pick, would you do it? I think I might be inclined to. I might be inclined to. But I guess it depends where, you, where your feelings are on somebody like LaMelo Ball or a James Wiseman or Anthony Edwards, whoever it is. You know, Do you think that they have that ability to bring you closer to the playoffs next year, bringing you closer to championship contention at some point? Or do you think Zach has that? I struggle to think that Zach has that capability of being that key of a difference maker. I look at him right now as a really kick-ass number three on my team, that if I had a championship contending team, that he would be an awesome number three on it. I just don't know if he's that kind of guy that raises the level of play to get you into the playoffs and to get you into title contention. I don't know if he has that capability. I haven't seen it yet. I've seen a lot of great offensive production. I've seen an ability to score in the clutch, and that's great. Those are great characteristics to have. But, you know, you can be a number three and have those. You could be a really good number two and have those. And it would be great to see if Billy Donovan can bring out the best in him. You know, and it would be nice to see. Maybe Billy Donovan shows us that Zach Levine has much more than we thought he could offer. And maybe he is a really good number two. And maybe he does raise the level of play this year. It would be great to see it. And I would love to see it. But I thought this was a very interesting scenario. Do I think it's likely to happen? You know, I don't know. I don't think it... I want to say no. I want to say that they're going to either see if they could move up without having to give up major assets, or they'll stay at number four. I think that's more realistic of of what's going to happen. I think they would love to see 
if Thad Young and the number four pick could get him to move up to number two. I think they're trying to see maybe could, is Golden State interested in taking on this veteran player and the fourth pick for us to get to the number two pick. That's what I think they're trying to do. Will it be successful? I don't know. That's that's kind of hard to gauge. I would think that one of these teams would like to have somebody a little more established, which is why somebody like Zach comes up. You know, and, and another thing to point out to you Bulls fans, because this one's not getting as much attention in the KC story. He ranks number eight as Laurie Marketing. So Zach's number seven. He has Laurie as number eight. Both those guys are in the middle. These are two of your key young players in that that core four we bring up, right? When we talk about the core four, we talk about Zach, Laurie, Wendell, Kobe White. He has Kobe White at number 13, Wendell at number 12 as most likely to get traded out of 15 players on the roster. But he has Zach and Laurie at seven and eight respectively. And for Laurie, here's what he says. He says, quote, it would be a surprise if the new management regime sold low on the dollar with marketing. The only questions are, can they find common ground on an extension of his rookie scale contract? Does the regime want to? End quote. So Casey's looking more at the uncertainty surrounding his contract status. You know, he's, he's due for an extension. And do the Bulls want to pursue that? And do they want to maybe test the waters as the season starts? And then make a decision maybe at the trade deadline, depending how the season's going, or just in the offseason, let him go see if he can get big dollars someplace else. Um, so I kind of get why he might put him there. But I thought that was really interesting. You know, He's got them in the middle as possibilities to be moved this offseason. And it's just interesting. Like These are two guys that you would say at the time the rebuild started that you wanted to see those those two pieces grow and be the reason that you get to that championship contention. And I think we're starting to learn that part of rebuilding includes determining those pieces and young assets you acquire, whether or not they actually fit within a championship core. And some of them are just pieces that get moved down the road. So you add a more valuable piece to a championship core. That happens a lot. Happens a lot in sports. And that's what's always interesting when you watch these is, is how these teams get constructed. So this will be very interesting to keep an eye on. And I thought both Haberstroh's take and Casey Johnson's look at at the roster were very interesting talking points and interesting things to think about as we get into the offseason. Because a few weeks from now, we're going to be looking at the draft and Haberstroh's uh, theory could play out. And Zach Levine could be a part of that potentially if there is movement to go up at number one or number two. So it'll certainly be interesting to look at. And again, Bulls Nation, I'm very curious what your thoughts are on this. I would love to hear it on Twitter, comments on our, our Podbean account. It would just be great to, to hear from you about how you feel about Zach Levine. And this will be something that I'm going to ask guests that, that do pop on the podcast if, if moving Zach Levine makes sense if it means moving up in the draft and really what his role is on this team going forward. You know, is he going to be the key piece to a contending team or a key piece to move in a trade to help improve this team to becoming a championship contender? I mentioned earlier, we're going to get into more episodes later in the coming weeks that do relate to the draft. And I do have some guests coming on. I'll we'll keep you posted on Twitter. Again, you can follow 
the podcast at rebuild underscore a underscore bowl on Twitter or my personal Twitter handle at mgentil88. So be on the lookout for those. And until then, take it easy and please stay safe. Thank you for listening to the Rebuildable Podcast. Be sure to check us out and subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever else you stream your podcasts.